I can't wait to get into these stories. It's Me too. Be so I'm excited fun. for this one. <laughs> this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode, which we are excited about because we picked a theme this week. Yes. And I think you were inspired by Green Room a little bit. I was because people tell these beautiful stories and sometimes their cats and dogs are involved or just we can hear them in the background <laughs> and it just made me feel, I don't know, I felt some uh, some sort of emotions overcoming and I was like, we just need to do a pet episode. Yeah. I think that's right. And boy, do you guys have a lot of them. It was hard to pick. There are so know, many stories so many. with pets. Well, and also I was just, I mean, I picked some to read today, but then I also was just filing more Same. away in my in my own folder. I was like, well, even though it's not a pet episode in the future, I'm still going to read these yeah. on different encounters because they're so good. They're so good. It's so fun. It is funny because I think we did this in the past and it ended up being a really scary story. Or a really scary episode because a lot of the pet encounters have to do with pets freaking out or coming around when there's something dark or demonic. Demons. And I may have done a little bit of specific searches like oh, cat demon, cat alien. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, you know, the keywords. All cats. You're the cats and I'm the dogs. I think <laughs> I have some dog goes. ones too. I didn't only pick cats. Okay. Should I go first? Yes, I think so. Okay, so this one actually got me because the very first time I searched cat and the word alien together, this one came up and the subject line is aliens abducting shelter animals. And I was like, how is it that I got this right away in my search? But this is perfect for you. This is literally, I feel like this is, (laughs) this is like some SEO marketing directed completely at you. You are the target audience here. I am, especially because, disclaimer, there are no aliens in this story. And it's (laughs) it's from our listener, Jimmy. And Jimmy, like, at the very end of the email, you'll see, but Jimmy says, I'm sure you all have noticed that there are no aliens in this story. I used aliens for clickbait. And I was like, it worked. It worked. worked. So, okay. Honestly, love it. People can do that to us. We don't care. Yeah, no. It's a good way to catch our eye. It really, really does. Okay. Also, I'm sorry that I'm stumbling so much in this episode, but I had such an adverse reaction to melatonin gummies. And so like my brain and my tongue have not been working. I noticed it I noticed it on Green Room. Even now, I'm stuttering. I, I like, feel cannot like formulate words. But you keep doing it. You keep taking melatonin gummies. I know because because I because I'll come down for like five days and I'll be like, I think I was making that up, and then I'll take more. Okay, well this but is I'm done. This, this is, is evidence like to you. A hard stop. This is yeah recorded for everyone to hear, and <sighs> we all. Well, I felt know. bad on Green Room too because I was really struggling to speak with people, and I was like, okay, this is got. I just gotta not do it. The good thing about Green Room is that we don't have to talk as much, so it's more just about listening, which is what you're about to do. You're we're in it. About to listen to a story from Jimmy. Okay, hello, spooky booze. I absolutely adore both of you, and of course, Leia. First of all, I want to thank you both for creating a safe and fun space for such an amazing group of people. Okie dokie, ladies. I'm going to jump into it. I would like to tell y'all about some spooky things that have happened to me at my job. I am a kennel supervisor at a very large open intake animal shelter. We can hold a little over 400 animals. I love my job, but it's also one of the most passionate and heartbreaking career fields to be in, which is what I think may attract spirits to my shelter. One night, as my co-supervisor and I were shutting all the lights off and locking the doors and making sure the animals were comfortable for the night, I had an odd, creepy AF experience. I always, and I mean always, start turning lights off in the cat's room. It's a habit now, and I don't even think about it. When we were completely done locking everything up and getting ready to go, I realized that all the cat room lights were turned back on, when I know for a fact that I had turned them all off. I know my coworker didn't do this because she was locking up in a completely different building. The building she was in isn't even connected to the building that I was in. And not only were the lights turned back on, but we play soft music on radios in our cat's rooms because they're super sensitive to being in shelters and confined to cages, so we try to play calming music. And the music was playing again when I knew I unplugged those radios. And I knew that I was the only person in that building because everyone else had already left. I was so scared that I went and sat in our office until my coworker came back after she was done. I didn't mention this incident because my coworker does not believe in anything paranormal. 
While we were talking and going over other stuff, the door to our office that was half closed slammed shut. My coworker was standing while she was talking to me and her hands were on her hips. So I assumed she hit the door with her elbow and didn't think anything of it. When we were walking to the parking lot to get into our cars, she stopped me and said, I know you saw our office door slam shut. It was not me. I did not touch that door. I too didn't want to tell you until we were out of the building because I didn't want to freak you out. So my co-supervisor and myself are very close friends. She would not have said that to mess with me or to be funny. She knows I believe in the paranormal, even though she doesn't, and we have always respected each other's beliefs. The second incident that happened to me was also while I was locking up. I was the only person on the property at the time, and my co-supervisor didn't work that day. I was turning off the lights and locking the doors in one of our big dog rooms, and while I was walking back down the main aisle of the room and going to walk out the main door, I clearly heard a woman's voice say, Hello! (laughs) I know I'm not the only one who heard this because before I heard this voice, All of the dogs were cozy and sound asleep. As soon as I heard the voice, all of the dogs jumped up and started going crazy, barking, and jumping all at once. All 25 of them. Thankfully, that was the last room to close, so I immediately left. I'm also not the only employee who has had these experiences. Many others have had similar experience happen to them while at the shelter. I honestly have no idea what or who is causing these experiences, but I do believe that because an animal shelter is a very emotional place, that it draws spirits to us. Animal shelters hold so much happiness and so much heartbreak equally that I think it makes us vulnerable and open to these experiences. I still work at the shelter, but I'm a bit more cautious about being there alone, especially at night. I'm sure y'all have noticed that there are no aliens in this story. I used aliens for clickbait. Thank you so much for reading. (laughs) The shelter animals love when I play the podcast while cleaning. So always remember you have many furry fans in South Carolina. As always, stay spooky, wear your mask, and be safe. Also, adopt, don't shop. Love, Jimmy. That is so sweet. I know. I'm just glad that Jimmy wasn't alone in experiencing these things. Like, there were there were other people in the shelter who could also vouch for the same sort of paranormal activity. Yeah, but the ones that Jimmy experienced were mostly alone aside from the door slamming shut. True. True. But at least it wasn't targeting yeah. Jimmy, you know? Like, there wasn't something after right. them. Right. Right. <laughs> And the spirits do seem good. I mean, if I were a ghost, I would love to haunt an animal shelter. It sounded like, I mean, the woman's voice that Jimmy heard, it sounded like. Hello. The, it was like, now I get to play with the dogs because all the living humans are gone. Jimmy's leaving. So I'm going to play with all the puppies. And they all got excited. Right. They started going crazy and barking. That's so cute. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't aggressively on alert. They right. were down to play. They were happy to be woken from their slumber. So yeah. whoever this is, I feel like they're just living out their dream bucket list where they're like, when I die, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to haunt people. I'm going to go to animal shelters and play with all of the animals there. I think that's my Isn't new that goal. Isn't that what we would do? Yeah. My new goal in the afterlife. This lady's living our dream. Wow. Our afterlife dream. The only one that does scare me is like the door slamming shut because the first part of that experience that Jimmy described I kind of feel like the way Jimmy said that the cats are scared and that's why they play the music during the day, it makes me think that the ghosts were like plugging it back in because they felt like the cats needed it overnight too, you know? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. But then the door slamming shut is scary because it's like the ghost or whoever it was being like, I'm here and I need you to know it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to get in the mind the the mindset of a of a haunter and think about what they're thinking. I wonder if they just like sometimes forget that they're a ghost and they slam the door and they're like, "Oops, I didn't need to do that. I could have yeah, just walked maybe. through it." I'm also just picturing Nick as a ghost. For those of you who don't know, my husband Nick is the most extroverted extrovert there ever was. And I'm just imagining and he loves attention. Like he just <laughs> loves to talk. We joke with like a bunch of our friends, like noise, noise, noise. Like they don't necessarily have anything important to say, but there just needs to be something that they're saying. And Mm -hmm. I'm just imagining someone like that as a ghost, just being like, I need attention. I need someone to talk to me. I need something to happen. And I'm going to slam the door until someone pays attention. Right. Or even, I mean, an animal shelter is a great place to go because you're going to get attention and no one's going to be upset with you. For being up at like 2 a.m., you know, ghosts True. don't sleep. So if the extrovert, oh. if the extrovert needs a little, little bit of uh, attention or just community, just go yeah. wake up the dogs and the kitties. Cute. Okay, I just so got cute. another really exciting idea for my what? goal in the afterlife. So I've been volunteering. <laughs> 
at Stray Cat Alliance where I fostered the pastas. And there's so many kitties who are feral and just scared. And it's, you know, they need socialization, but they're so scared of you that you use these little toys to like pet their heads from a distance to help them get Mm -hmm. used to like the feeling before actually approaching them. When I'm a ghost, I'm going to socialize these cats so much that the next day (laughs) people are going to come in and be like, feral who? Oh my gosh, this cat loves humans. It's good. You, the shelter is going to be known as like the magical shelter for feral cats. They're going to be like, we have no idea what's going on, but they just come and they they just churn cat, feral cats. It's just the perfect house cat. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can't wait. I mean, I, I can wait. But. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> I'm reading a book right now. It's called They Both Die in the End. I need to read that. Read Someone it? just told me to read that. Was it me? Maybe. Because my mom read it like a year ago, and I think I told you in the past to read it. Probably. It's a very quick read. I, I feel like I've only been reading okay. it for like an hour, and I'm already a third of the way through. But you just reminded me of it because they're called like – the people in the book are called death casters, where they essentially like get a call on a day that they're going to die. Oh. So they know that they're going to die that day, and they're supposed to like live life as full as they can on that last day. Whoa. But it's just reminding me of that where you're like, I, I can wait though. But like, <laughs> wouldn't it be – well – no, I was going to say, wouldn't it be great if we just knew and then we could do all the things we loved and you could just like go to the animal shelter and hang out with all the cats? Yeah. It's, but I it's, take that There's some pros and cons to that scenario. Huge cons. Yeah. Huge, huge cons. Yeah. Because anxiety. Yeah. But anyway, I have a story about a dog ghost. <gasps> Fun. This is from Ryan. Hey, ladies, thought I'd share a story with you. This time, nothing spooky, just one about a good boy. I was in college and I went to see a friend of mine and she warned me that she got a new dog and she wasn't sure how he'd react to me. So I'm like, whatever. I get there, I sit down on the couch, and then this big white fluffy dog, roughly the size of a Great Dane, came around the corner and it greeted me happily with its big wet slobbery lick. It gets up on the couch, laying its head on my lap, and I'm petting it. My friend comes into the room and says, uh, what are you doing? And I said, I'm petting the new dog. And then she goes, there isn't a dog on the couch. The dog is standing next to me. And then I go, you're messing with me. Come on, put your hand right here. And she walks over. She puts her hand there and she says that it's ice cold where I'm petting. At this point, I'm like, whatever. And I leave shortly. (laughs) Ryan's so nonchalant, so carefree. Whatever. (laughs) Just seeing a ghost dog. At this point, I'm like, whatever. I leave shortly thereafter with the dog in the back of my car. Oh. And I get home and the dog starts playing with my new dog. (gasps) And my mom comes in the living room and she asks where this dog came from. And I tell her that I picked it up at my friend's <laughs> and she pets the dog. So at this point, I'm thinking my friend is pulling a prank on oh. me. So I go to bed and a few hours later, the dog is curled up on my bed. The next morning, I wake up and I don't see the dog. So I go downstairs. My mom is pale, like the blood drained from her face. And I asked her what happened. She tells me the dog came downstairs, rounded a corner to the kitchen, and just evaporated into white mist. My mom refuses to admit or talk about this incident since. What? Oh, my God. Twists and turns. Where did this dog come from? I have so many questions. Like, how did Ryan just think, oh, cool, I'm going to go home with this dog in the back of my car and not tell my – or my friend is cool with it? What? I'm so confused. Yeah. This is so – and especially because the friend was like, what are you doing? Like, imagine walking into a room and someone's like petting the air. Weird hand motions of like petting this giant dog and like reacting to this blank space. But then I would be like Ryan too. I'd be like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. And then I can imagine just taking the dog being like, okay, this is a prank. She's going to come get the dog soon. And also, and then when your mom said, yeah, that, yeah, his, that Ryan's mom also saw the dog. And Ryan's dog also saw yeah. the dog and interacted with the dog. It was like a normal dog. Whoa. I'm so shook. This is making me wonder. I'm not convinced that his friend wasn't playing a prank. I mean, I guess it doesn't really make sense. But I was just thinking, what if it was a real dog, but it just somehow had this ability to <gasps> like blip in between different timelines? And so it evaporating into white mist, was it like somehow jumping through a portal to its other family. Okay, the most powerful dog in the world. Show, yeah. Give me your abilities. No, I don't know. In my mind, it sounds like a ghost dog, but it is really interesting because I feel like most paranormal experiences, and maybe this is different just because it's a dog, but 
so many of them, if someone, if you say the situation was a ghost person, Ryan is in the living room by himself, his friend is in the other room, and a ghost person walks in and you start interacting, and then his friend walked in, usually the ghost that you're interacting with disappears. But it sounds like the dog just stayed there and was still there. So uh, I don't know. It almost makes me think, Does it was it Ryan's like spirit guide or or what? Yeah. Where did know. this dog come from? It, did the dog come with the other dog from the kennel? I don't know. And and I'm curious if Ryan's friend's dog had any re- reaction. Because yeah. if not, maybe it was something only meant for Ryan's family to see. Interesting. I'm still I still have a lot of questions, but this is really me too. interesting. It's very interesting. And Ryan's just like, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Moving on. The one day you had a ghost dog pet. Oh, what a dream. Wow. I mean, we we sort of do at my parents' house. There's that black lab that lives at my parents' house. I just have never seen it. Other people have, though. And no one's been confused thinking it's a real dog for such a long period of time, though, right? Yeah, no. There's there's been a – I mean, it's probably been seen by four separate people, and only two of them, including my mom, thought that it was an actual dog until some time passed. Wow. Like, my, my mom thought it was our dog until my dog walked into the room as well. And then she was like, oh. And then another friend just thought that it was a dog in the other room until she came downstairs and saw my dog and was like, whose dog is that upstairs? So I think a lot of people did think that it was an actual dog right. until asking questions. But there was one one woman who knew immediately that it was a, a spirit. But Whoa. she was very in tune with the spiritual world. So she must have identified something in it right away. Wow. But yeah, I mean, those were like moments of time. That wasn't a prolonged right. like, 20-minute car ride, hanging Sitting, out at your friend's house. Petting it on going the to couch. Bed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My mom's was probably the longest. I think hers was maybe like a 60-second interaction, which is still a long that time. That is still a long – yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This story is from our listener, Kai, and it is called Listener Story, the fantastical tale of how I accidentally attracted a demon as a child and became the world's youngest psychic. What? <laughs> Hi, That's ladies. amazing. I have been listening to you guys for like three years now, and I absolutely love how warm and friendly your vibes are. I used to always listen to you guys while commuting to work until my boyfriend and I actually bonded over the love of your podcast on our second date, and now he gets mad if I listen without him, the little stinker. Listener <laughs> stories are my favorite because it's nice to know there are people out there who experience things. And that I'm not just a freak of nature. If you do end up reading this for one of the listener tales, I will simply pass away. You can use my name. It's Kai. I changed it after recently coming out as non-binary. So if you could please use they, them pronouns, it would be swagalicious. Of course. (laughs) Swagalicious. So we can start off with how this demon creature or whatever it was attached to me as a young child. Wow, really just starting it off strong. I know. Right into it. I was around three years old, and I had an imaginary friend who I, for some reason, called Mr. Skinny. I do remember him very vividly, but I cannot for the life of me describe any of his features or characteristics. All I remember is his presence. It was sort of heavy and very overwhelming. My grandma said that I used to cover my ears and say that he was using his loud voice in my head. Now, that could all be chalked up to maybe some sort of mental illness or just a kid being weird, except... For there are a few other things that made my family and myself realize that it wasn't just an imaginary friend. Here are a few examples. I always sat in the same chair at the table when I was young, and it directly faced a hallway in my home, which had my bedroom directly at the end of it. And because our house is built a little funky, there is a little corner almost directly above this hallway that will be important again later. This weird little corner looked no different from any other corner in the house, but from the time I could sit in a high chair and hold my head up, my mom said I would stare at this specific corner for long periods of time. Once I got a little older, around a year old, my mom said I started pointing at the corner like I was trying to show her something. This went on until I was around three years old. Now, when I was around three, I had full view of my room from the dinner table, and my mom said I would get really fidgety and antsy and tell her that Mr. Skinny was playing with my things. I would eat my food as quickly as possible in order to get back to my room again and get him to stop. I also had a big issue with sleeping in my bed, and I would either sleep on the floor or under my bed. And when my mom asked why, I apparently told her that the bed was too small for two people, and I didn't want to make Mr. Skinny mad. (laughs) 
<laughs> Imagine being their mom. Just terrifying. Yeah. Imagine being Kai. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> At least Kai was being considerate. Yeah. Like, you know what? There's not enough space for both of us. And I know that you want to sleep with me. So let me just ask my mom for more room. I will sleep under the bed. <laughs> Okay, Kai says, I grew up a little more and grew out of the phase where I could hear or see my imaginary friend all the time, and I got to the point where I could just feel his presence around me and got the chills anytime I knew he was there. At this point, I'm around 11 or 12 years old, and my room has now moved to be upstairs in the house. I still had a huge problem with sleeping in my bed, and for some reason, I always slept on the couch in the upstairs living room. My mom was working from home at the time, so her work computer and desk were in the living room as well, and I was told to never touch it. The computer was password protected, and I never could guess the password correctly. But that didn't stop me from trying anyway because... No one can tell me what to do. (laughs) Now into why this is important. My mom and I got into a fight over corn one night and she left the house in a rage to go drive around and cool off. I stormed upstairs to my couch slash bed to sleep off my steam. I fell asleep around 10 p.m. that night but was awoken again at 1 a.m., when I heard my mom walking back up the stairs, or at least what I thought was my mom. I was still fuming about our fight because I'm petty as shit, and I sat up fully prepared to restart our fight. I heard the step start at the bottom and make their way up to the top step, but then I looked and no one was there. Right at the top of the stairs, when you step off and enter onto the actual floor, there is a squeaky spot. So I waited and stared quietly at the landing, hoping I wouldn't hear the squeak, but I heard the squeak. And I immediately knew this was not my mother coming home at all. It was Mr. Skinny making his presence known. Uh. I stared at the opening to the stairs for probably about 15 minutes, wondering if he was going to do anything else or maybe go back downstairs, but nothing happened. And I decided to go back to sleep. As soon as I laid down, I heard my mom's computer boot up. Someone would have had to push the button on it to turn it on because she always shut it completely off after working. I was not in the mood whatsoever to deal with Mr. Skinny's shenanigans, so I grabbed my blanket and pillow and went to sleep in my brother's room. The next morning, my mom got mad at me because she got home at 4 a.m. and saw her computer was on and unlocked and she thought that I had guessed her password, but unfortunately, it was not me. My siblings also had experiences with what I believe was the same entity, but for some reason, he was always so much more aggressive with them. And when it came to my mom, you could tell it was not a fan of her. My brothers would see things fall from across the room. They had things thrown at them and had a sensation of somebody blowing on the back of their necks. My mom, on the other hand, would have doors that didn't have locks get stuck and refuse to open until someone else tried to, or have fire alarms go off only in the room she was currently in, and she eventually started waking up with bruises and scratches on her body. Eventually, my sister had kids, and we all continued to live in this house because we were just used to it at this point. My sister had four kids, and every single one of them did the same thing that I had done with the exact same corner, staring at it for long periods of time, and then eventually pointing as if there was something there. Her second child would also laugh while staring at the corner, which was new. (laughs) But (laughs) I believe he's also very sensitive to the paranormal because he has had some other crazy experiences. Now, let's get into the psychic part. I'm not sure if I've been open to spirits or maybe I was just born with an ability to see things differently, but from the time I was really young, as soon as I was able to communicate with my family, I would tell them about my feelings that I would get that something was going to happen or something was wrong. I would also have crazy weird dreams which came true, which is quite helpful when dating because I'm easily able to weed out the liars, but also a little scary to people who haven't known me my whole life and seen me do it before. An example of this that my mom told me about and I vaguely remember is when I was around six and my mom got a call from a neighbor of ours who we were really friendly with. This neighbor had a cat that I absolutely adored and would always beg to go see. I was playing when my mom got the call, and I saw her answer the phone and got that feeling in my stomach, and I didn't quite understand it, but I got this really strong feeling that my neighbor's cat had died. My Mm -hmm. mom got off the phone, and I immediately said, he's dead, isn't he? And she was shocked that I even knew what that meant because we really hadn't discussed death or what it really meant. But I was correct. 
Sadly, the cat had been hit by a car earlier in the morning and passed away. Another quick example I remember is the night my aunt passed away. My auntie and I were very close and I loved her with all of my heart. I was sleeping one night. I was around 15 at this time and I had a very vivid dream about a car accident. In this dream, my aunt had some sort of seizure and lost control of her body. Her car drifted into the opposing lane and she was hit head on by a red truck. After she was hit, I know it's so sad. After she was hit by the truck, my dream changed and her and I were sitting on the couch talking. She had brought me a duck figurine. She had always had this collection of duck figurines because they were her favorite animal and this particular duck was my absolute favorite. I had always secretly wanted to swoop that duck from her, but I knew she'd know it was me, so I never did it. As her and I sat on the couch in my dream and I held the little duck in my hand, I looked up at her and asked why she decided to give it to me, and I noticed a tear in her eye. She smiled at me and said, because I know you need it more than I do. She then stood up and gave me a hug and let me know she had to leave. I felt really strangely sad about her leaving this time, and I kept asking why she couldn't stay just a little longer. She just smiled, gave me another big hug, and walked out the door. We got the call the next morning that my aunt had passed away, and yes, it was a red truck that had hit her. Luckily, the driver was okay. Later in the week, my uncle came over to see us, and he brought the little duck statue with him and said my aunt would have wanted me to have it. Every time I see the statue, I feel happy that I have a part of my aunt with me, And I'm so thankful that she came to say goodbye to me because it made it a little easier for me to handle. Anyway, hopefully this was easy enough to follow and there weren't too many grammatical errors. Let me know if you guys want any more stories about my fun little friend, Mr. Skinny, or more experiences where my dreams and feelings have come true because I have loads more. Love you guys tons and I will most likely see you on the other side because y'all can probably dream travel to me, Kai. I mean, maybe you can, Sabrina. I don't think I'll be able to find <laughs> Kai in, in the dream world. We're working on it, Kai. We're working on it. Yeah. Kai, we need you to teach us <laughs> yeah, it how to be like psychic. You have the skills, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel like this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I kind of like Mr. Skinny. What? <laughs> Very unpopular opinion. I'm shook. Corinne. I don't know. Something about <laughs> What? I don't think Brian wants a third person in the bed with you guys tonight. So don't invite no, Mr. Skinny. Well, he's like, I don't really know what to make of him. I mean, obviously, he shouldn't be sleeping in the same room as Kai and, and tormenting Kai at all. But I like the idea that he's just playing with Kai's things and hacking Kai's mom's computer. <laughs> just like kind of being it almost reminds me of like a teenage boy behavior okay but are you forgetting the bruises that kai's mom woke up with or the things that have been thrown at kai's brothers and siblings okay i changed my mind i just was (laughs) blinded by the first part i forgot about the third and fourth and fifth paragraphs i'm really curious now that kai's sister has four kids and they all have had the same experiences that kai had growing up okay but again so like another example is Kai's sister's second child is laughing at the corner. So not scared, but like laughing at at something. So I'm just picturing Mr. Skinny kind of like entertaining. Or is laughter the only way to deal with something so scary? So traumatic. (laughs) Yeah. True. I don't know. True. I don't know. I just don't like – I don't like the fact that Mr. Skinny was taunting a little bit. Like the night Kai was Mm -hmm. explaining Mm -hmm. where – They got in a fight with their mom of sleeping up in the living room, hearing Mr. Skinny stepping up the stairs and kind of just lurking there. Yeah. Also, why does Mr. Skinny want to get onto the computer? Unless Mr. Skinny wanted to get Kai in trouble to make it look like Kai had tried to get onto Kai's mom's computer. And I'm also curious what Mr. Skinny is. Like, is it, is it exactly, is it a demon or is it someone who used to live in this house that just has like taken on this? different form this different shape and it's kind of having these like emotional angry outbursts but otherwise it's just another person roaming the house i don't know i'm imagining like a scary shadow slender man very tall skinny figure yeah, slender man skinny man yeah i don't know yeah it's it's pretty scary <laughs> <laughs> i mean as kai has explained it yeah it's horrifying but I think the the beauty in the stories that Kai just sent us is the one where the aunt knew that they would want the figurine, that the figurine must make its way to them, that Kai needed the figurine. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, as horrible as both the aunt and the cat's deaths are, it is so interesting and kind of, as Kai said, it is nice to have 
these premonitions and dreams or feelings about it beforehand because then it almost allows you to process it more. Right. I think the only tough part about that is is not – it sounds like Kai knows specifically about what's going on. The premonitions yeah. are more than just a feeling. It's it's assigning to who and when and what, which is good. But I imagine it would be very difficult to have these premonitions and not know who it's going to happen to or when it will happen. Yeah. Although these ones seem very specific. They do. I want to know more, Kai. If you have other dreams and premonitions, please share them with us. And I want to know about more, more about Mr. Skinny. I mean, I don't, but I do. This – Hopefully, we'll lighten the mood slightly. <laughs> it is called A Miracle Message and a Miracle Dog. Hello. I have many stories about my loved ones and friends who've passed that have visited me in my dreams, but this is a story from before one of them passed away. Seven years ago, I was graduating from college with my associate's degree. This was a big deal for me because I didn't graduate from high school. I made sure to graduate in December because it's a smaller indoor ceremony so my grandparents could come. However, they were not able to make it. Another lady who was my mentor was also losing her second battle to breast cancer and not able to come. All of the students were in a large room and they told us to line up. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I really thought that they would give us some sort of instruction, but somehow I managed to talk to another girl that was in line behind me. Neither of us had graduated before. Our conversation ended and I turned back around because someone was finally talking and giving us instructions. And then I felt a tap on my shoulder. This girl that I had never met before and I have never seen again said to me, I have to give you a message. An angel just came to me and I'm supposed to tell you that everyone is so proud of you, even if they can't be here today. And I literally started bawling. I'm about to. Wow. (laughs) We finally got into the area where the ceremony was and I saw my family and my mom hugged me and told me that she was proud of me. As I walked away, I heard her say, she's been crying. And after the ceremony, I had planned a graduation party at my mentor's son's house. Her daughter-in-law went into labor and they still let us have the party there. My mentor was able to come and it was the last day that I saw her alive. I didn't go to her house to say goodbye because my abusive ex was there and it wasn't worth running into him. But she passed away on Christmas Eve just 12 days later. And just 12 days after that, my grandfather passed away. And it gets even weirder. The day her husband passed was the same day that my grandmother passed. I've never told that story to anyone until today. Not to make this email any longer, but my other miracle is sleeping with her head in my lap, snoring, of course. She was born in January 2019, my first dog. Her name is Riley, which is short for Amaryllis. Earlier this year, the cat knocked a bottle of prescription muscle relaxer off my end table. I'm an insomniac, so I need them to sleep and to be a functioning adult the next day. Long story short, my Riley got the bottle in the morning, thought it was a toy, and ingested some of the pills. (gasps) Now all the pills are kept away where the cats cannot knock them over. But we rushed her to the vet and then to another vet because the emergency vet was closing. There was drama over money because the vet wanted 400 down to pump her stomach. And once we transferred money out of my savings, I went to get an advance on my check because they said that she would have to be hospitalized for a couple days, maybe like three to four days and be constantly watched. Later that day, we had to transfer her back to the emergency vet with a tube in her throat so that she could keep breathing. And the vet followed us. This is, yeah, this is so traumatic. The vet followed us, kept us on speakerphone in case anything happened, like her heart stopping, and went in to talk to the vet. Even though he was a jerk about money, he had some redeeming qualities. (laughs) Thankfully, we didn't have to transport her again because the emergency vet was open 24-7 Friday through Sunday. On Friday, she had not really had any changes, but she was alert, but still not very responsive. And my wife called and literally begged them to allow us to see her, hoping that it would help her snap out of it so that she could come home. They weren't allowing people in because, well, COVID. They agreed, and it was so hard. The vet was worried she may have permanent brain damage and possibly be blind. She definitely knew that I was there and definitely wanted to go home because she just kept walking to the wall and barking at it as if it was a door. She was not herself, and I knew she wasn't okay. They took her back, and I literally fell apart. The way the emergency vet works, they call you every 12 hours and you have to pay. Also, because of her prognosis of ingesting a possibly toxic amount of pills, they have to ask permission every time to perform CPR on your pet. Later that evening, when they called to give an update, I was barely holding it together. When they asked about the CPR, I fell apart again. My wife took the phone and said, yes. And after I regained my composure, I asked her to call back and tell them no. 
because if she wasn't going to be able to have a somewhat normal life, I didn't want her to live like that. I want her to have a happy life. And she was so disoriented and so confused and scared. So at about 1.30 a.m., the vet was blowing up our phones. Riley was absolutely fine. She made a 180-degree turn and she, from where she was literally hours before. <laughs> she was barking at them, fully alert, responding, absolutely no blindness. So we rushed to bring her home. I had to call my mom to help pay for the remaining amount because we had literally drained all of our money for Riley. And I had started a Facebook fundraiser and raised over $500 in just a few hours to help cover the vet costs. <laughs> this is so People beautiful. are good. We had friends calling the emergency vet and donating money directly. And all of this was a miracle. Emergency vets are so much more expensive than regular vets. Anyways, Riley and I took our first two-mile walk since this happened. Leaves crunching below our feet and falling from the trees while we walked next to the river. Riley sensed something and kept looking around. I thought maybe it was the sound of the leaves because she's never heard them fall hard like that. I don't know. But even with my assurance, she did not want to keep going. She literally dragged me up the hill, not responding to any of my commands until we were away from the trees. Maybe she saved me from something. I love your podcast and I love campfire stories. Keep up the great work, ladies. Also, I will attach a couple of happy pics of Riley too. See you on the other side. Dharma. Oh my gosh. She survived. Riley survived. Wow. Riley survived. And also Dharma, the sweatshirt you're wearing in picture number two that says spooky all year round is my favorite. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Riley looks so happy and perfect now. It, it is always interesting when when this happens to people or to pets, when they just make a sudden turn and it's as if nothing had ever happened, that there was no illness, there was I no know. Like, medical intervention. It was just like, bloop, in wow. a split second, everything is better. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. Riley, the little miracle pup. I wish Riley could talk so we could hear what happened. Like, <laughs> I where know. did she go? Who did she meet when she was down for the count for for I a know. few days yeah that's so interesting like you know how humans have near-death experiences what do yeah. dogs have and they must have near-death experiences but what do they it's see it's to be something right yeah what do they see like an open I field with like some butterflies that they can like run and jump and chase squirrels, squirrels and wet food oh. and deer and all the stuff lots of bones toys so cute <laughs> Their grandpas, everybody, all the dogs love good grandpa. Oh, yeah. Also, Dharma's first story about this random person that she's, that Dharma's yes. next to in line looks to Dharma is like, I have to give you this message. It's Which is so incredible. I hope to Sven that I one day have an experience like that. Oh. Well, I just think it's so beautiful too because this was such a huge moment in Dharma's life. Like, yeah, so important. She didn't graduate from high school, so getting her associate's degree is a huge accomplishment. Like, that's amazing to to get your degree, and for her to you know maybe have those jitters and and that insecure feeling in line, not really knowing like what to do in the graduation line, and then to have all of the people on the other side give her full support and intervene in that mm-hmm. moment and have that woman give her the message to be like, you got this. You got yeah. This. And it's not so even beautiful. And not even just the people on the other side. It was the people on the other side saying, hey, all the people who are living and can't be here right now are also so proud of you and happy True. for you and wish that they could be here and are thinking of you just when Dharma oh, needed it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Beautiful. As much as there's, yeah, these these things in Dharma's life that are really difficult to go through and that we wish upon no one, it's also beautiful how much support, yeah, on the on the living side through friends and family and mentors that you have, Dharma. It's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. And you also, Riley. And you have sweet, sweet Riley, girl. Okay. I have a short story. Okay. From our listener, Kale, and it's called, Can Dogs Have Doppelgangers? <gasps> hey, ladies. Ooh. Love the podcast and all that jazz. I live in an old apartment building, but nothing crazy had ever happened. Only some rustling in the kitchen and my closet light turning on by itself sometimes. But the other night, I was trying to go to sleep, but I kept hearing my dog next to my bed, talking to me like she wanted on the bed. I say talk because she'll just make a little roo noise to try and communicate Aww. with me. But then I see that my dog is already on the bed sleeping next to me but i kept hearing the ruing i've only ever heard my dog make then my right arm got really cold like really really cold and we don't have ac i was completely paralyzed and felt like i could not move like my arms were frozen to my sides and my neck was stiff i started to feel the sheet 
being pulled away from the right side of my body when I mustered a, please leave me alone. And it all stopped and I could move again. And I didn't hear any more ruse and all my sheets were back in place. I've had a few ghostly pet visits like my childhood dog visiting me in my sleep right after I got my current dog as if to tell me it was okay and she was happy for me to have this new dog, which I appropriately sobbed about and feeling a cat jumping on the foot of my bed after my childhood cat had passed away. Which are all welcome visitations, but this dog doppelganger, definitely not welcome. Thanks so much and keep keeping it spooky. See you on the other side. Kale, P.S. puppy tax photo attached. Okay, so cute. The dog is adorable. But also I feel like there must have been this moment, the Kale, I mean, it sounds like when when the bedding, when the sheets were starting to be pulled away, that that's when Kale realized, like, this is not my dog. This is something else. No, Kale re- realized it pretty quickly. I mean, Kale heard the sound, and then which was on the side of the bed, and then realized that Kale's actual dog was on the bed already with her. True. That's true. And then things continued. Yeah, and then she was, like, paralyzed and couldn't move and, like, frozen on one side. But I just feel like that's that just happened so quickly. And I'm just thinking, like, if it happened to me, how quickly my brain would would realize that there was some sort of, like, paranormal activity. Oh, you know what I just thought of? Yeah. People we, can – or people can look, people too. People can look, too. I immediately oh. thought of that when I read this email. Could you see it on my face? Yeah. That I just made the same <laughs> – Yeah. The same thought just came to me. Yeah. Doesn't that freak you out? The, yeah. The copying of the of the little – the yeah. ruining noise. And the fact that Kale – kind of became paralyzed, you know? Right. Which obviously can be just fear, but it also, to me, symbolizes some darkness. I don't know. Yeah. And just the act of pulling a sheet off of someone I feel like is just so – when is that ever – when is that ever positive? Yeah, no. I have yet to hear a story where someone gets the sheets ripped off of them and it's like, oh, it was just my – just Grandma Judy visiting me. Like, no. No. It is always horrifying. Yep. Very. Very. Yeah, dog doppelgangers, or is it just something mimicking your dog to try to get your trust, to try to buy a few <laughs> more extra moments, Kale? Either way, it sounds unpleasant, and I'm with Kale. It really does. Dog doppelgangers are not welcome, or cat doppelgangers, or any doppelgangers for that matter, are not welcome. Do- yeah, doppelgangers no, are just thank you. freaky. No, thank you. Okay, this is from Aspen. It's, it's titled, I Saw My Dog's Past Life Death. Whoa. Question mark. What? Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. I wrote to y'all before and I can't wait to share more experiences. My name is Aspen and here's the story of when I saw my dog's past life death in a dream. You might want to get some tissues. Oh, no. I lived in Wyoming for 15 years of my life. The first two were in Utah, and during those 15 years, we adopted our dog, Galahad, to add as a companion for our first dog, Bear. By the time I was roughly 11 years old, Bear had passed and Galahad soon became the only dog in the house. To give a little background as to how we got him, we, as in the whole family, visited the local shelter in search of a new dog. I was young at this time, somewhere around seven or eight years old, and I swear that as soon as I'd spotted Galahad, we instantly bonded as if unspoken words were said between us and that we'd be there for each other if he were to be brought into our family. I instantly showed my mom where Galahad had been and asked, pleaded, if we could get him. And sure enough, we got him. The staff was bittersweet about his adoption and said that he's been a very good boy. He was the shelter's favorite. (laughs) We never did change his name from the pound as it was very fitting for him. For those that don't know, Galahad was one of the knights at the round table for King Arthur. Galahad, my dog, sure did act very noble and sat very proud with his chest puffed out. Oh, my dog used to do that. We would Hmm. be like, oh, so regal, distinguished (laughs) gentleman. (laughs) Fast forward to when I was maybe 13 years old and my family and I had lived in a townhouse slash apartment when my dream occurred. One night, I had this very vivid dream about my dog dying in the same townhouse slash apartment. We had gotten out of the building, but I had noticed that Galahad was trapped inside and I could hear his panicked barks and yelps. I had gone back inside trying to save my best friend, but it was too late. He had been burned to ash in my room. Oh my gosh. Thankfully, it was just a dream. And I summed it up to him just eventually having to be put down due to his health later in life. Now, moved to when my family and I had moved to Utah and we lived in this small two-bedroom apartment that had a fireplace. When it was winter, we had lit the fireplace to make it feel more homey and welcoming despite the demons that we had. Yikes. 
Anytime we lit the fireplace, Galahad would hide from the loud pops and crackles of the fire. But when we'd take him to go camping with us, he didn't mind the fire. My mom had taken a photo of him and posted a picture on Facebook to ask if anyone had any idea why he hates fire inside, but is fine with it outside. And one of my mom's friends from Wyoming does past life readings and said that he was an old English professor who had died in a house fire and was trapped alone and afraid. I didn't make that connection until now. I was just really heartbroken the night before putting him down, and it felt like a piece of my soul was torn from me. Unfortunately, he had passed a year ago on October 3rd, 2020. The hour of his death, I was expecting to be in shambles and hyperventilating, but the room felt calm. It felt like a hug. After leaving the vet and sitting in my car in the passenger seat, some sweet older lady asked if I would roll my window down, and she told me how difficult it was to lose her cats and showed me pictures of each of them from her wallet. She sympathized with me and told me that all cats and dogs go to heaven and are waiting for our return. I was very thankful for her and still am to this day. That night, I was trying to sleep while trying not to think about his warmth not being on my bed or in my room when I saw a white and gold orb float at the end of my bed. At the time, the end of my bed had shifted down as if someone or something laid there. I felt peace and I cried happily to sleep. I do feel as though he's still with me and I hear his collar make phantom jingles and I even hear his loud happy barks over our dog Loki's, whom we've had for almost three years now. Attached below is a photo I took the day that he passed. He used to never look at the camera, but this time he somehow knew there was a photo being taken of him and looked. It was as if he was saying, don't worry, I'll be okay, I'll be better. I have a necklace with his ashes in it that I had received as a Christmas gift just 21 days after his passing that my mom had given to me, and I cried so hard after reading the inscription. It's still a sore thought that is very difficult not to cry while writing this. Thank you so much for the wonderful and spooky podcast. I hope you ladies stay well and safe. All the positive vibes to you too, Aspen. Okay. Galahad is such a cutie. So cute. The inscription on the necklace says, no longer by my side, but forever in my heart. Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh, sweet Galad. Wow. Okay. This is beautiful. I'm so sorry for your loss, but this is a beautiful story. I mean, I'm really glad that the dream that Aspen had wasn't a premonition of how Galahad was going to die because that's so horrifying and sad to think. I mean, it's sad and horrifying to think in general, but also how cool to have that and then have one of Aspen's mom's friends do a past life reading on Galahad. I know. I know. And it's so, I, I mean, it sounds like Galahad lived a life as a, yes, as a man. He a was professor. an old English professor. A distinguished he, gentleman. He was a, the most distinguished. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. It's, I wonder what happens in terms of souls moving from, from people souls to animal souls and how that sort of happens, especially because so many people, when they do pass, they see their pets or when they have near death experiences, they'll see their pets. I wonder like what, I just want to know when he made the, the move from distinguished <laughs> professor to distinguished canine. Yeah. I don't know what the time period was. I mean, it's horrible that, that he, in a past life experience that terrifying death being all alone and it does explain why why the fireplace indoors spooked yeah. him, but but the crackling fire outdoors doesn't which but, is yeah so interesting because it does make me wonder if like because of how i mean pets we all know like animals in general are just like these beautiful magical creatures we just oh just love them but they i wonder if they really do have knowledge of their past lives and that Galahad chose to share this story with Aspen. Oh, yeah. Well, it also sounds like Aspen, when Aspen was describing the moment they saw each other, <gasps> it sounds like they were connected. Like they are traveling souls. Oh, my gosh. Like maybe, maybe it was a memory that Aspen has. Oh, my gosh. I want to now know who this English professor was to find out who Aspen was in a past life. Maybe Aspen was this guy's like daughter or something, you know, and they're forever bonded and they're just traveling souls. And she has this memory that resurfaced once Galahad and his soul returned to her life. Wow. And now Aspen has Galahad and this traveling soul's ashes with them at all times. Yes. And also, I love that the new dog is is still pretty much it sounds like interacting with Galahad. Like Galahad is still barking and he's still running around and. His collar jingling through the house. Wow, I love it. It's so sweet. 
Losing pets is one of the most painful things I think a human can experience. I know. I have. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, don't. Don't put yourself through the pain until you absolutely have to. Yeah. Okay. I have a story from our listener V, and it's called "Trapped by a Demon?" Question mark. Question mark. Ooh. I had. I was between two stories to end with, and it was either a demon one or like a really sweet, happy one. And obviously, oh, you chose. <laughs> I chose. <laughs> of course, I did save the other one for another time, so don't worry. Typical. Okay. Okay. Great. Hey, girls. My name is V, and I'm 13. I've been a longtime listener for the last three years. My mom and I adore listening to your guys' podcast. For years, I have typed up emails for you guys but never sent them. I seriously think there is a draft for at least each year on my Gmail. Currently, I am listening to your most recent Encounters episode, unfortunately in the middle of the night whilst doing schoolwork, and I decided to take a break to type this. I have always been sensitive to spirits, and I currently practice paganism and have strong Celtic and Native connections in my family line. I have quite a few stories, but I mostly want to share these two with y'all. Moving forward. Okay. Both of these stories take place in what was technically my childhood home, although I moved out only at the beginning of my teen years. I used to share a bedroom with my little sister until my brother moved out for college and I started middle school. Of course, 11-year-old me loved the idea of having my own bedroom for the very first time. My brother agreed to give me the bedroom as long as I cleaned it and moved the rest of his stuff out. Typical. But of course, I put in the work and cleaned it out. And as a bit of backstory, my brother, who we will call Kay, had severe depression. He used to have awful nightmares and sleep paralysis as well. When I finally moved in, I was in an incredibly vulnerable state mentally and emotionally. As we know, depression is unfortunately not uncommon with teenagers and definitely not uncommon in my family. I also began to experience awful nightmares and sleep paralysis, all with one common theme, a dark shadow in the corner. And I was not the only one who saw it. My cat, Zio, used to stare into that corner for hours. One day, I fell asleep earlier than usual, and I had a dream. In this dream, the figure stood above me by the side of my bed. I still remember its bright, piercing yellow eyes. I couldn't move. It felt like it was there for hours. 11-year-old me woke up in a pool of sweat with a scream, a scream that coincidentally no one heard despite being awake. Let's say my time in this room was short-lived. I was on and off sleeping on the downstairs couch and my bedroom. I hated being alone because of my depression, so I often opted for the couch downstairs. For context, the downstairs where my sister and I's bedrooms were was an open floor plan with two bedroom areas and a kitchen connected by a living room. Both my parents and sister lived down here, so I was basically never alone. In the end, I moved my bed and the majority of my stuff back downstairs to avoid being alone. About a year later, my mom decided to utilize the bedroom upstairs as an office. After she had moved all of her stuff upstairs, me being the older sister I am, stole a package of licorice from my sister. I ran immediately to the office and shut the door. My mom yelled for me to share, and I went to open the door to give my sister the licorice back, but the door wouldn't budge. Not as if it were locked or jammed, but as if the doorknob was being held. I continued to jiggle it and say, Grace, let go of the doorknob, to which my sister replied with, I'm not. Of course, I thought she was just fucking with me, so I yelled again. My mother was pestered by this and yelled for my sister to let go. My mother looked and realized that my sister was not holding the door. I kept on pulling the doorknob in a struggle while yelling. It was still being held. I could tell by the tense tug of it every time I let go. I yelled one last time and the door opened easily, but as I turned the knob, there was a loud snapping noise. The whole door frame had split. It was as if whatever had such a hold on me when I lived in this room, didn't want to let me go. A few days later, I went to grab a bag of cat litter that was kept in there and suddenly felt the need to move. It was more as if the urge to move wasn't my own, but I trusted it. A mirror that had been on the desk beside me had fallen, and it would have hit my head if I didn't get that sudden urge to move over. My mom saged the hell out of the room, and while I never had another experience in the room, absolutely no one enjoyed being alone in there. I like to think that what made me move was another spirit in my home that had a very protective energy that was present my entire childhood. This second story is sort of a compilation of a few positive or neutral experiences to balance out the negative one I just told y'all. In my old home, there were two resident ghosts who I saw constantly throughout my childhood. A young girl who constantly attempted to get my attention and an older man who had a very protective energy. The girl used to mess with my sister, as in tugging her hair lightly or grabbing her shoulder. Although 
She never messed with me. It almost felt as if she was trying to play with us. I saw her often and heard her often and felt her energy. I was never scared. When we first moved in, my parents used to feel a small child who they often thought was my sister crawling into bed with them. But when my mother would turn, there would be no child. This happened multiple times. I think of it as she just wanted to be part of our family. I moved out of this house in August and made sure to speak a separate goodbye for her as it felt that I was leaving her behind. The second spirit I had my first encounter with when I was seven. It was a tall figure standing in my dining room. Curious little me, who was just playing with Legos and watching Power Rangers, walked over to him. He began walking away, and I followed. Although once we made it through the kitchen, when he turned the corner to the stairs, he was gone. I used to see his shadow downstairs and around the stairs constantly. My sister once had a full, one-sided conversation with him while he was in the downstairs kitchen, assuming he was our father and scolding him for leaving the dogs outside only to reach the top of the stairs to see our dad on the porch. Oh, no. (laughs) Like the little girl, he never had negative energy, and to end this, I once had an experience in my kitchen. That night, I had heard my name being called multiple times throughout the evening by a voice that wasn't there. All of a sudden, I felt really light and happy. The smell of roses and perfume accompanied with the smell of a campfire. A sweet voice whispered, tell your dad we love him. My great-grandma and great-grandpa. I'm currently tearing up at just the memory of this moment. My father had really been struggling at this time. And when he woke up, I told him this story and it brought us both to tears. I'm so happy I finally get to share these stories and I'm incredibly sorry about the lack of structure. I am very curious about your guys' theories. Much love, your friend, V. She, her pronouns. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't doesn't sound like there's something great in the house. (laughs) (laughs) The theory is your house is haunted (laughs) as fuck. The working theory here, no experiment needed. Conclusion, your house is haunted. Your house is haunted. I mean, a scream in the middle of the night that no one else hears. I'm sorry. That's freaking haunted. Yeah. Or the the doorknob. Yeah. Where it feels like someone else is holding it shut. Like that, the first experience she had. Yeah, I don't like it. And also that her cat was staring up at right. this thing as well. And I hate yeah. the dream. Wasn't a dream at all. That's what's terrifying is like this entity was standing over V. Oh. <sighs> And the yellow eyes that V will never forget. It's so creepy. It's almost it's like so V's creepy. brain needed to process it as a dream to make it feel a little bit better. Right. But that was no dream. I'm curious about the little girl too. Like, I just don't really trust that it's <laughs> you never do a little girl. I do. I do because you think. Yeah, V said that they didn't get any bad vibes from those two spirits. All right, she said I was never scared. Yeah. It's true. And that like even her parents felt like a little girl was trying to sleep in the bed with him, which is so like sad that this little girl just needs her parents. Right. You know? But it's yeah, it's supposed to be innocent, even though the act of it is so <laughs> scary to have like a ghost child crawl into bed ghost with you. Ghost child crawl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow, look at us. We're taking different sides tonight. <laughs> well, you always think <laughs> Girl, like or little kid ghosts are demons. They scare me. They do. <laughs> I feel so bad though. <laughs> I want them to have someone, someone else in the house to entertain them. I don't want to be the one entertaining. I know, and it's fair because between black-eyed kids and demonic stories we have heard, where they mimic little children, it right. it makes a lot of sense why you fear them. Thank you. Thank you for making my thoughts <laughs> feel valid. My feelings. They are very valid. But yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, all of this is so, the majority of it is so creepy. Yeah. It does sound like V is very open with right. her grandma and grandfather coming to her to tell, to give her the message for her dad. True. I know. And what I love about that is that they came with a distinct scent, you know, like mm-hmm. this, the smell of the campfire, oh. the smell of the the rosy perfume. And I just love that they came with that scent because yeah. now if she ever smells that again, if V's room is ever like suddenly filled with the smell of roses or smoke, she'll know that it's her grand yeah. her grandparents. True. It's a very good point. How lovely. How lovely so and also scary. <laughs> also scary. A mix. Yeah. Just V's had so many experiences with so many different different spirits. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have one for us to end on. This is called Pet Encounters in a Spooky Room. This is from Annie. Hi, I've been listening to your podcast for a while and wanted to share some stories about my own personal encounters and my husband's. The first two are pet encounters and the last is from my brother-in-law's house. My first ever pet encounter was when I was about 12 and I was staying at my grandma's house. 
My cousin who lived there had a three-legged orange cat named Hennessy oh. who had just recently passed away. Oh. I remember sitting on the couch and out of the corner of my eye, I see him coming out of the hallway with his funny walk. And I look up, and then he's not there anymore. (gasps) And I was confused at first, but then I remembered, oh, wait, he's dead. And I froze. My aunt saw me and asked what was wrong. And when I told her that I thought I saw something, she deadass looked me in the face and said, oh, did you see Hennessy? We've been seeing him a lot walking around the house. It literally scared the crap out of me. (laughs) And I found that most everyone at the house had seen him too. Oh, I love that. Me too. That's so sweet. My second pet encounter was actually earlier this week. Our first dog, Bear, passed away a week before Christmas, and my husband and I had been really depressed about it and reminiscing. Mostly, we've been saying how quiet the house is because he was our talker. Oh. (laughs) And he had this little trot to his walk, so he made noise all the time on our floors. We have three other dogs, and I was laying in bed reading a book with them. When I hear nails, but I love that. I just picture <laughs> I picture her reading a book to the dogs. I, mean, I was picturing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, there's a book I think it's called The Five Dog Night or something like that. But my mom used to read it to me and my brother when we were little. But it's about a farmer who, in the middle of winter, when it gets colder and colder, another dog is invited up onto the bed to sleep with him to keep him warm. Oh. It's like, how cold is it? Eh, it's a two dog night tonight. How cold is it? Eh, it's a five dog. That's five really dog cute. So cute. I was laying in bed reading a book with them <laughs> when I hear nails hit the floor in the living room, like the kind of sound they make when they jump up from the couch. Immediately, I looked to see who had left the bed so I could call them back. But everyone else was asleep except one who had her ears perked facing the living room. And then I realized it was Bear visiting me. And lastly, my brother-in-law's house. Back when my husband and I were dating, we would house sit and dog sit for his brother when he was out of town. One of the times he asked if I would house sit with him since it was a long weekend. The entire time I felt so uncomfortable and had this feeling of being watched and we slept in the spare bedroom, which gave off the worst vibe in the house. Even the dogs would wake us up by barking at the doorway of the room. I finally told my husband how I felt and he told me that he felt it too. And then he told me that the house has a ghost. My husband had asked me to house sit with him because the time before when he went to bed, the door to the spare bedroom opened on its own. He was the only one in the house with the dogs and the bedroom was high carpet and you would literally have to push the door to open over it. There is no way a draft could have opened that door and it was in the very back of the house. Eventually, we shared all of this with his family and his other brother and niece who have house sat said that they also experienced the same things, including the door opening and closing on them. My sister-in-law saged the house again, and they eventually sold it, which I'm forever grateful for. <laughs> house sitting sucked. Love your show. You guys are freaking awesome. Anicia, Annie. Um, I'm laughing because it feels like Annie's husband failed to share that information because he was scared. (laughs) He withheld crucial information of a haunting and invited the person he was dating at the time. Yeah, basically, he just needed he needed like a he needed to be babysat himself. Yeah, like another person to to be there with him and conquer all of the ghosts. (laughs) That's amazing! Wow. Oh, that's so funny. I would have been like, what the hell? You have to tell me if it's haunted. <laughs> to be fair, though, like, depending on how where they were in their relationship, like, you don't know how people are going to react to. True. How are they going to respond to it? Yeah. Yeah. Tale as old as time. Remember when I was on the dating scene and I was like, when do I tell people that I'm not just a believer of ghosts? I'm a full on ghost girl of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'm making this up and just imagining you do this on a – you having done this on a date. But did you, like, on a first date, ask someone, so do you believe in ghosts? Every other time, pretty okay. much, yes. I, I have it, a memory I, of you like, telling me that. I just constantly think about it. So sometimes it's hard to withhold it. It's hard to pl- play cool. It is no. – I mean, it is funny because this is such a prominent part of our life at this point that if either of us were to go into the dating scene again – when people ask, like, so what do you do for a living? We, It feels like you have to say, I have a ghost podcast. I have a ghost podcast. My favorite. it's a huge part of our life. My yeah. favorite thing ever is I've multiple times when I say I have a ghost podcast, people have misheard and said a goat podcast. <laughs> I mean, goats are also symbolism <laughs> for demons so i guess it still kind of works yeah it still brings itself back around goats 
Good old goats. goats. And ghosts and demons and black-eyed kids and haunted cats and dogs and yeah. visits from loved ones. But to be fair, actually thinking about it, two or, two girls, one ghost is a lot better and more appropriate than two girls, one goat. Oh, God. Ew. <laughs> yes, you're right. This is, yeah. This is this just is taking ghosts. a turn. How did we go from from a beautiful visitation from <laughs> Hennessy and from Bear to this? <laughs> don't don't put a microphone in front of us because you know it will go somewhere dirty and dark. Dirty and dark. Uh, well, I am glad that that Annie and other people who've emailed us have all had had some wonderful experiences with pets who've passed or or pets turning a corner in in health and experiencing these miracles and getting to spend a few more years with us. It's really beautiful. Yeah, you picked some good, more positive ones, and I think I went the darker route, as I tend to. I think it's because I knew you would, so I needed to balance. One of these days, I'm going to throw you off and not do that. It's going to be the same time that I decide to throw you off (laughs) and go dark. We always do that. Of course. We're always randomly Unplanned, but always the same. Yes. Well, that just means that everyone needs to send all types of stories to us because you never know what we'll do. Send all your ghost stories, cryptid stories, anything, paranormal, pet, alien. Send it to our email, which is two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review on iTunes. That actually is hugely helpful. It yeah. helps keep us on the charts. It helps other people find us. So it it really does matter, even though you hear podcasts just say it all the time at the end, like it's just another thing to say, but it does matter. So please rate and review and tell other people about us. That's also helpful. The pyramid scheme, buy into it. Come on. Everybody's doing it. Come on. Just try it. Just try it. Try it. Jump off the bridge with us. Come on. Join us. Into the cold, loki waters where La Yorona haunts. You can also join us on all social medias. We have TikTok. We're crushing it on TikTok. More like Corinne is yeah, crushing it on TikTok. The content is We're just like firing out of spaghetti her. at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, so. that's what we got to do. <laughs> Thank you so much to Aiden Manning at Upfire Digital and the whole team for editing this podcast. We're so grateful for you. And we will see you on the other, other side. side. See you on the other side. Very sweet.